Chapter 25. Half a Riddle. That evening, at precisely 10.01, S.Q. Pedalion knocked on the boy's door. He knocked first with his feet, by accident, and then with his knuckles. Getting no response, he opened the door and peered in. In the dim room, he saw the boys lying on their bunks in their pajamas. Something caught his eye, however, and he looked upward. Only shadows on the ceiling. SQ, is that you? Rainy asked in a sleepy voice. Sorry, boys, SQ said, snapping on the light. I didn't think you'd be asleep so early. It's only just now, lights out. Mr. Curtin wants to see you. Hop up now, both of you, and get dressed. You know, I could have sworn I saw one of your ceiling tiles move. Probably just a shadow, Rainy suggested, fumbling with his trousers and shoes. Or a mouse, said Sticky in a cracked voice. His mouth had gone very dry. SQ scratched his head. A mouse, huh? That's probably it. A lot of students have complained about mice in their ceiling lately. I suppose we'll have to put out some traps. As Rainy made a mental note to tell Kate to look out for mouse traps, SQ ushered them from their room. Both boys were in a state of high alarm. Obviously, Martina had convinced Mr. Curtin she had not cheated, for how else would she have been made an executive? Thus, Mr. Curtin must know that Sticky lied, and no doubt Rainey had been implicated as his accomplice. Which was as it should be, Rainey thought miserably. It was his plan that got Sticky into this mess. Twice. At the entrance to the Institute Control Building, SQ stopped. With a sympathetic expression, he knelt down and put a hand on each of their shoulders. I imagine you two are wondering what Mr. Curtin wants to speak with you about. Oh, yes, cried the boys together, and Rainey's heart leaped. If he had a moment to prepare, maybe he could think of something to say. Something that, I wish I knew, said SQ, shaking his head. I hope it's nothing bad. Sixty seconds later, the boys were alone with Mr. Curtin in his office. Trying to breathe evenly, and mostly failing, they waited for him to speak. Mr. Curtin had put down his journal and rolled out from behind his desk. But instead of his usual zooming about, he was inching toward them very, very slowly, contemplating the boys in a way that gave them the impression of a predator. A wolf spider came to mind, seeking just the moment to pounce upon its prey. They had to fight the urge to recoil. No doubt, said Mr. Curtin as he drew near, you are wondering why Martina Crow was made an executive. After all, according to you, George, she was a bully and a cheat. Isn't that right? Sticky reached for his spectacles, checked himself, and thrust his hands into his pockets to still them. Yes, sir. It's true, Mr. Curtin, said Rainey. We were wondering that. Yes, I know. And now I shall tell you why. Do you remember what you said to me the other day, Reynard, when we discussed Miss Contraire? You said the best way of dealing with those you don't trust is to keep them close. I agreed with you then, and I agree with you now. Of course, had Martina Crow not been such an excellent candidate for executive, I would have sent her packing at once 
but she has always been useful. And as I told George, the cheating itself doesn't trouble me, so long as I understand the situation. At any rate, the situation has been rectified. Miss Crow and I had a brief discussion of the matter. She denied the cheating, I might add, and ultimately she was promoted. Everything is settled. Everything, that is. Except for your situation, Mr. Curtin went on. Which is why I have sent for you. Our situation, said Rainy. He could hear Sticky trying to swallow. Indeed, said Mr. Curtin. For as of this moment, you are both made messengers. The boys were stunned. Here they'd been afraid something terrible was in store for them. Instead, their mission had leaped forward. Messengers, at last. Their faces broke into huge grins. Oh, thank you, Sticky cried, hoping he sounded more grateful than relieved. We won't disappoint you, said Rainy. I should hope not, said Mr. Curtin. I have two new messenger slots to fill, and as a matter of urgency, I am promoting you a day earlier than planned. Here are your new uniforms. Returning to his desk, Mr. Curtin produced two white tunics, two pale blue sashes, and two pairs of striped trousers. Wear them with pride. And then, who knows? One day you may forego those striped pants for solid blue ones, just as Martina Crow did today. When SQ had finally left off slapping the boys on the backs in painful congratulation and lumbered away down the corridor, Rainy and Sticky exchanged relieved glances and closed their bedroom door behind them. The door's closing revealed the silhouette of Kate Weatherall pressed flat against the wall behind it. She switched on her flashlight and whispered in an exasperated tone, You didn't even knock. It's our room, Sticky replied. I'm surprised you didn't hear us in the corridor, Rainy said. SQ was patting us on the back so hard, my teeth were clacking together. To tell the truth, Kate said sheepishly, I was asleep until I heard the doorknob turn. I only had time to leap across the room and hide. She jerked her thumb toward the lower bunk, where Sticky's covers and pillows were in lumpy disarray. And first I had to throw the covers over Constance. You were gone so long, she fell asleep on Sticky's bed. I meant to keep guard, but I guess I nodded off. Some guard, said a groggy voice from beneath the covers. Anyway, Sticky said, we're glad you're here. We have some news. He and Rainy held up their new uniforms. Messengers, Kate exclaimed. I can't believe it. And here we were worried you'd gotten in big trouble. Constance sat up, rubbed her eyes, and squinted at the uniforms. Oh, yes, Rainy said with a laugh. So worried that you both fell asleep. Kate gave him a disapproving look. We were worried, she insisted. And I'm sure Mr. Benedict is, too. We told him you'd been called to see Mr. Curtin. We should let him know the good news right away. You sent a report? Sticky asked, surprised. Took us forever, Constance said, stretching. Morse code's a little rusty. Rusty was not exactly the word for Constance's Morse code, but the boys resisted comment. They were both glad to hear a report had been sent. They'd been unable to send one the night before. A night crew of helpers had been working on the plaza, filling cracks and replacing broken stones. 
Sticky climbed onto the television, made sure the coast was clear, and began flashing a message. Our special privileges begin tomorrow, Rainy told the girls. That's all he told us. Nervous? Kate asked. What do you think? Rainy said. I feel like I swallowed a beehive. Here comes a response, Sticky said from the window. Glad. Proud. Now pay attention. Sounds like he's about to tell us something important, Rainy said. He went over and peered out the window with Sticky. Sure enough, the light in the woods continued flashing its coded message. With open eyes, now you may find a place you must exit to enter. Where one... Where one what? Sticky said when the message broke off and did not resume. Why did they stop? Rainy groaned. It's Mr. Curtin, he said, pointing. He's going out onto the plaza. Now? Sticky hissed, watching the familiar figure rolling into view below. In the middle of the message? He couldn't have waited 20 more seconds? At least we have a start, Rainy said. But a start was all they had, for even after a long discussion, the children were left stymied. The last unfinished line gave no clue at all and the first seemed pointless, as it hardly seemed necessary to tell them they needed to keep their eyes open, which left only the middle line, and that one utterly baffled them. How on earth could you enter a place by exiting it? We'll have to try again tomorrow, Kate said finally, stifling a yawn. I can't think straight anymore. At least you boys made messenger. That's an encouraging development. The others agreed. The meeting adjourned and in a few minutes the girls had disappeared into the ceiling and the boys had gone to bed. Rainy had just begun to compose a mental letter to Miss Perumal when Sticky whispered into the darkness. Rainy, are you awake? Wide awake, Rainy replied. I wanted to ask you, does this encouraging development scare the wits out of you as much as it does me? Rainy laughed. It may be the worst encouraging development I've ever experienced. In the bunk below, Sticky laughed too. Their laughter relaxed them the tiniest bit, and that was all it took. In moments, their exhaustion overcame them, and both boys fell asleep.